Welcome to Call to Marriage. My name is Thomas and I'm here with my wife, Marcia. And today we're talking about our individual life of maturity in our faith. So the last episode we looked at our Christian upbringing. And today we want to talk about how we individually grew up after being brought up as Christians by our parents and whoever impacted our lives into individually recognizing our faith and holding up to it or holding on to it and growing into it. I don't know if I did a good job explaining it, but (laughs) (laughs) we are called to marriage. I think that covered it mostly, but yeah, just the transition um, from being trained up as a child, as we mentioned in the previous podcast by our parents um, to know the Lord, to love the Lord and to walk in his ways, to really having a faith that's our own, that's personal, and becoming, you know, independent in our faith journey, or I don't know, maybe I should say interdependent, because we're always a part of the body, but becoming an individual, you know, believer. I don't know if there's any other thing, but... (laughs) That's what I was struggling with. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's hard to explain. It's not that... um, yeah, that's okay. I'm just going to leave that there because that could be a whole conversation. But anyway, right. <laughs> I think you get what we're trying to say. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm just trying to build up from the last episode. <laughs> so we were trained or brought up as Christians in our households by our parents. Mm-hmm. And so growing up from that into matured individuals yeah. and carrying our faith forward where it's no longer our mothers and fathers telling us to do this and to do that. Right. But at the point where we recognized within ourselves that this is something we would like to have it hold a place in our lives, the value that we put on our faith, if you can or if you want to call it that way, that's what we want to talk about. So anyway, just forget about everything. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would just, I guess like I would say briefly that it's something that I even had to grow and learn to understand that a Christ, someone who grows up in a Christian household, even their faith becoming their faith really is, is a little bit of a gray topic because it's very simple. If you didn't believe in God and now you believe in God, it's pretty black and white. I once didn't believe and now I believe. But a lot of people who grew up in Christian homes, it is a little gray in the sense that all throughout our upbringing, we're learning about God, we're knowing God. And we're accepting the things that we're hearing, though we don't understand in full. And even now as believers, right, we only understand and see in part. But in any case, and there gets to a time where when you understand the gospel, you accept for yourself. But even at that time that you may still be being, like Thomas said, influenced by your parents, encouraged to go to church or to read your Bible or to pray. But then there also comes a time when you take the reins for yourself. You say, you don't need anybody to tell you to pray, to read your Bible. In fact, you're the one now telling people, (laughs) you know, asking people if you can pray with them. You're the one now studying scripture by yourself, even hosting Bible studies or whatever. You know, you're the one who's, yeah, taking your faith into your own hands. So Right. I call it a point of responsibility because that's the point you get to that you become responsible for the things you do as a Christian. So whether it's going to church, whether it's praying, whether it's fasting or giving intentionally, whatever it is for you, you become responsible at that. And you know, you you carry them out at something you have decided to do, not something that is merely cultural to you. Right. Yeah. So now that that was 10 times harder than we realized it was going to be to explain, (laughs) let's get into the (laughs) scriptures. That we want to, you know, share associated with this topic. All right. I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 2 from verse 12 to verse 16. I would like to end at verse 16. So Philippians chapter 2 from verse 12 through to 16. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do 
for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, I'll add another scripture, which comes from Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20. It says, The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. Mm, I don't know. Should I read that? I'll just read the next one. If I'm hesitating, maybe I can just go for it. But if a wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed, keeps all my statutes, and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Yeah, that's a good way of ending. Verse 21. Mm -hmm. So what's, what's the whole point? The whole point is that your faith is personal. <laughs> I want to make that clear in case that was confusing in all our previous talking. <laughs> right. Your faith is personal. It doesn't matter if you were raised in a, uh, or in your salvation is personal. It doesn't matter if you were raised in a Christian household. You're not going to get into, you know, eternal, you're not going to have eternal life on account of your parents' prayers or on account of your parents' belief. It's you who has to ex believe in Christ, what he did for you, and have salvation for yourself <laughs> and to live your life unto God, your life, not your parents to live their lives well on your behalf, but for you to live, you know, a godly life unto right. the Lord. Yeah, that's true. I believe salvation is individualistic. It's something personal, like you said. No one gives an account on behalf of the other. And I think that's what Paul was talking to the Philippians about. He was talking to them as a parent because he, you can say, was a father to them. So he was reminding them, when I was with you, you obeyed. But even much more now that I'm not with you, you should obey with fear and trembling because God is working in you and he is the one doing it. So trying to take their minds off him as the teacher or as the parent or as you can say the, the model that they had mm. to remind them that you heard me yes but now much more you should obey a lot is expected of you now yeah so i think that's what god does with us and our parents and our household whether it's our big sisters or brothers or parents or cousins we we have them at a certain point and then we grow and also get out of their hands and show what they taught us and even much more give ourselves to God to be used. Yeah, I think that's, that becomes their pride too, even if you look at it from a very humanistic perspective. That's what every parent wants. I taught you this and now I'm seeing the fruit of what the seed that I gave you. You're flourishing and that becomes the fulfillment of parenting. Right. Yeah. So even in human times, it ought to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. My mind is, has gone so many different ways, but I want to just make it personal. So again, last week we talked about, or not last week, but last episode, we talked about uh, how our parents raised us. But now I want to ask about, Thomas, you transitioning to, um, I don't know, having your own spiritual walk and really making your your walk more personal. I guess, I don't know the perfect way of asking that question, but tell, talk to me about transitioning. Yeah, transitioning to a more independent and individualistic faith. <laughs> mm. I would say it even it started when I was still with my mom. Sure. Yeah, we, when I was growing up, I had a lot of groups and communities around me. We had the scripture union. It's very popular in Ghana where you meet your foes. And basically the youth in the community and you interact with them, you have Bible studies, you go for camp meetings, you have quizzes, you do a lot of things. You go on mission trips. And so that helped a lot. I got my first opportunity to serve 
in a group through that. So that gave me some sense of maturity. And in my in the declaration of my faith, I had to, I, I, I was confronted with that. But okay, you, you're going to have to show us that you truly believe these things. It's more or less like, um, it's a training ground, but it's also a testing ground where your faith is taken through certain things that automatically you're going to question yourself. Okay, do I really want to do this? Because you find yourself moving with a group of people in the society at large, in growing up as a young boy, that's the point where you decide, this is the kind of people I'm going to be working with. The kind of people who go to church, who are very serious about church. Oh, I want to go to church, but I want to hang out more with this group. So that was the crossroad for me. So I, I chose that path and that became an entirely new life for me. So going to Scripture Union taught me that I could teach. People like it when I talk. And I grew up an introvert, so I didn't have that in my own home. So going to Scripture Union brought that out. I'm like, oh, we like it when you talk. We like your perspective, how you think when we read the Bible. So that gave me a path. And then I became a Sunday school teacher in my church. So right there, you can see something was changing about me. And this was all through high school. But the big moment for me came after high school. So after high school, I left my mom. <laughs> I went to um, Kumasi. My sister was there, but we didn't even live in the same place. My sister, I think my sister was even still in school. Um, I lived with my aunt. I went to radio school because I'm interested in communication and in media. So I went to radio school. And th throughout that, I met a friend at an internet cafe. His name is Pierre, Pastor Pierre. I didn't know at, the, at that time that he was a pastor. He's a missionary, a Baptist, who moved to Ghana with his entire family. He's got five kids. So he met me there and he wanted to become a friend. So we became friends, basically the long and short of it. And he didn't reveal to me that he was a pastor. So in our interactions, later on, he revealed to me that he is a pastor and he's um, in a Baptist church and so on. So we became friends and he gave me the opportunity to come over to his house and he quizzed me. And in the questions that he asked, I came to learn that the foundations that I had in terms of my salvation wasn't set on, I would say, the right set of biblical truth or knowledge. I didn't understand the message of grace. Let me put it that way. So he was the one who pointed out to me that, actually, you know, I understand you're a young Christian. I like you. I admire you. But I think you would learn more by understanding the gospel of grace. And he pointed that out. And then he saw so much in me. He gave me so many opportunities, so many books to read. That, I believe, was the strongest point of my maturity mm -hmm. away from my mom. Because teaching in Sunday school, all those ones happened with my mom still around. So in terms of going out as a young man and encountering the world, he was my first contact. And he taught me a lot. We would just drive around on Saturdays, not knowing where to go, just go out to witness. And he trained me in that way. He examined me. We did a lot of things together. He, he had a whole library and I became so interested in books. And that was the point where I feel like I matured. And that was before college. And that really helped me. So when I went to college, I had been trained within that year. I had been trained so much in ministry that it was almost as though God just intentionally brought him into my life for me to do all the things I did when I was in college. Right. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> um, well, as far as myself, it's a little difficult to pinpoint things, but I can highlight a few things. So first of all, I want to give credit to the church that I grew up in and the pastor I grew up with because I'm not sure if I mentioned him in my upbringing video. I think I more so focused on my family, but I think that's also where I got foundations for my belief. 
But I also think I maybe didn't also understand the gospel of grace. And I can't pinpoint when I did. Or maybe it's not exactly that I didn't understand. Maybe my faith was just weaker at the time because I would put it this way that I I understood that, you know, we're saved by grace through faith and not by our works. But when it came time for baptism, I was afraid to get baptized <laughs> because I felt like and I'm not and I don't want to say anybody taught me this. It may have just been my own guilt and my own, again, lack of faith, feeling like when I get baptized, I should have a new life like I should <laughs> um become a better person and like not sin and yeah whatever and i thought i had i knew i wouldn't be perfect and couldn't be perfect but i just thought i should mature and i wasn't ready i guess <laughs> and yeah so i don't know the lord was so faithful to me i always believed in god and believed that you know he was my savior i knew that i you know could pray to him i read my bible but I was still like one foot in the world. <laughs> I would put it that way, because even when I got to college still, like I went to the club uh, sometimes. I wasn't like off the deep end with the worst of them, so to speak. But I also wasn't with like there was a Christian group on our campus. And I like kind of I would go to some of the things, but I also kind of somehow didn't make friends, good friends with them or whatever. Like, mm. I think I wasn't that mature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but college was a, was a, a time of transition or yeah, a part yeah. of my transition as well. Because, you know, when you go to college, like I lived on campus, I was away from my parents and I did have to make a decision much as I wasn't perfect. I made a decision to like go to church, be involved in ministry and, um, you know, that's a step because some people who grew up same as I did when they got to college, they didn't go to church. You know? Yeah, <laughs> They didn't in go fact, to church. <laughs> mm -hmm. In fact, a lot of people went to church before college, but in college, they actually regressed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So I think the Lord just to had a tight grip on me and he wanted to take me along and I wanted to go along but I was just so weak so again not knowing exactly what particular things what what particular events in my life but all I know is I reached a point uh, that I just knew I needed to be baptized and that was that uh, so right I think it was right after I graduated college maybe and moved back home uh yeah I think so I got baptized with my brother and his at that time, I don't know if he was married yet. I think it was just his girlfriend at the time. But we all got baptized at church. And that was that. Yeah. Even the baptism wasn't that much of a marked event in my life. I know that I don't not everybody would understand, but I know people would understand and relate. Again, the whole Christian upbringing mm -hmm. thing, like it, it sometimes feels great. It just feels this is how I would describe my life. It's just been step by step, step by step. It's just been the Lord's been faithful to me, giving me understanding step by step that I didn't have, giving me maturity, sanctifying me, just like the journey we have even now as having a faith on our own. But we still are in the process of sanctification. So I feel like the Lord was just a little here, a little there, kind of nudging me on the road, back onto the, you know, the road. Like, I don't know what's the perfect way to describe. So, but I just thank God so much. It just be it just ended up being that I find myself a person who loves the Lord and loves his word. And it's like it bubbles over in me. Like I can't like I find myself to be my mother's child, really. <laughs> like she's she was the kind of person always encouraging people in God and always being hospitable, always talking to people about God. And I find myself just being that same person. I just have the words of Paul in my head, like by the grace of God, I am what I am or I am who I am such that I really believe in God. I had, I've had experiences with God and I just have a trust in the Lord that uh, I don't know what to say. I don't have like, I don't have the words. I just thank God for <laughs> that. I know him <laughs> and that I'm, I'm motivated, you know, by faith to just pursue him by myself you know? 
So mm -hmm. I, I just want to know at what point did you wake up? Because I feel like that's most of what we are, we are talking about. It's very similar what you're saying, especially if you grew up in a Christian household to just find you, you've just been moving mm -hmm. and then you find yourself being where you are. But there are moments in our lives where we can see, like you're talking about college. So how was it for you? Like there's a moment where you, you wake up and then you just realize everything you, you know now that, you know what, I, I can't keep living like this. I, I just want to move. I want to let God into my life. Because much of Christianity involves intentionality too. <laughs> yeah, it is true. It's, it's God's grace that's been keeping each one of us. It's God who's been watching over us. We, we can't explain why we love him the way we do. But we also do realize that just by that talking, life could have been something else um, for us if we had not decided to love him because you know we we as young people we find ourselves at the crossroad and it's hard sometimes especially when we have the opportunity to not follow god and we we have other things um you know just floating around us we like i can give you an example i like music when i was in high school i used to rap and during my vacation i would still go and be the sunday school teacher I was the entertainment prefect in my school. So, and that's what even brought up my, my interest in communication and the media. So I would be the entertainment prefect. I was a DJ when I was in school. I, I play music for people to dance to. So I, I, I felt interested in radio. But when I went into the radio, that was the same moment that I met Pastor Spear. So my thinking was, yeah, I want to pursue radio. I could, I, I could be a radio presenter, whatever. And then, so... I was confronted to, with, by, with the word of God to make a decision. Okay, now this is the word of God. And God has even brought someone like Spear into your life. You can choose to go on that route or you can just choose to pursue that thing you really want, which is you want to be in the radio. You want to be a radio presenter. So I had to, you know, I, I cried so many nights praying and I decided I cannot lie to myself that there is something bigger than myself in me that wants me to be a minister of the word. So I even had to tell Pastor Spear that, you know what, before I met you, I was really into radio. I wanted to be a radio presenter and he gave me counsel. And then I even opened up on my radio to do dawn broadcasting. My radio gave me the chance to between the hours of 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. to do something. And I did it. So it's really nothing but the grace of God. But th there is also a point where you can tell that if not for that grace of God that moved me to um, choose this over that, I don't know what life would have been for me. <laughs> it's difficult for me to answer your question. I understand your question, but I also feel like you know my story in my life already. So I tell you the truth that <laughs> it is difficult for me to pinpoint a moment, even about my, the, the vices of my life. I feel like God just took them off me like at particular times. And there are still things I struggle with, which, you know, like, you know, over-consuming YouTube. So that is difficult to answer for me. Marriage helped a lot. <laughs> but I don't want to say marriage was like the point of my salvation. That was just another no, grace. No, that's, that's not the point, babe. It's not really about your salvation as a whole. You're it's just about the point maturity. after you moved out of your parents' home, that point where you came to where you realized, yeah, I'm maturing. And then from there, you, you've encountered a lot of things. It's not really about your salvation as being a Christian, but just moments or periods in life where you, you know, had difficulties as a Christian and how you matured in your faith. 
as humans, the only time we really learn something, the only time we really recognize the value of something is when something we believed in already has really failed us. So it's not really about your faith as a Christian, but the moment where you, your faith even became more important to you. So where, which moment in your life has the value of your faith become very apparent or important to you? Now I feel maybe a little confused about your question, but I'm just going to talk and hopefully arrive at the answer. <laughs> I was, so, you know, they do altar calls like at church and stuff. And I, I professed my faith like around 13 years old at church, but I didn't get baptized immediately after, which I should have. But I, like I said, I feel like my understanding just or my faith increased step by step, my understanding increased step by step. In some sense, I feel from as early as that age that I've had a, a level of devotion to God at the understanding, at the level of understanding that I had, such that, for example, I was a virgin by choice and by the grace of God till marriage. It wasn't because I didn't have opportunities to have sex. It, did, it wasn't because... That was really something unto the Lord. And I just, I, I'm using that as an example to say that from, from a young age, I had a consciousness about my devotion to the Lord and my faith in God and how I wanted to live my life before him. But it wasn't every area, you know, where I was being mature or where I was able to, I guess make good choices. And so like if I take the club for an example, I would say I lost interest by the time I had graduated. I mean, even maybe a little before graduating college, I would say before the China was a one off. I think it was like I'm in this new place and I had met black people and I never thought I'd meet them. And they were like, let's go like <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, it's a little bit of peer pressure. It wasn't just black people. I mean, just even like the foreigner community. Yeah, like it was just, yeah, peer pressure. But um, but I never went since. But. um, Yeah. Like there are there are instances like when I was in college. I experienced for the first time what I feel like was a. Really, really strong and tangible filling of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. even though I didn't speak in tongues, <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> but like I was at a I was at a church that was. Had a very you know energetic worship and. And they just made enough room because the church I grew up in was in was a little bit dry in that sense. But I still felt God at times, like to the point that my mom, at some point, she didn't ask me. She didn't force, you know, our parents are always, let's go to church, let's go to church. But I, at some point, I wanted to go with my mom to church and not just because I wanted to just be around my mom all the time. I actually genuinely listened to the messages that were taking place in church. And I actually genuinely was like learning and and enjoying and so that was one step but as far as like the worship and really that feeling of total freedom and surrender like in the presence of God I think I didn't experience that till that till I got to college like I said at that church mm -hmm. to where like I I just didn't care who was around me anymore to where like I just dropped like prostrate good you know what I mean like you just sense the Holy Spirit, like where you just are screaming. You don't care who's around you. Like you just feel you the presence of God. experience liberty in worshiping God. Exactly. Right. And, and, and it was so powerful. So that, that was, I think, a first in college. And then I also experienced um, like a personal touch, I guess. I don't know how to articulate it. But when I was going to Brazil... God took me also to another through another faith journey because like I had studied Portuguese on my own and I wanted to go to Brazil, but I was doing a service job. Um, if anyone knows city year, I was serving with city year. And so you, you get a stipend. It's not even like a real job. Like you get just like a little bit of pay and my, all my check went to my student loans basically. So I had no money to save to go to Brazil. 
And I did a fundraiser. And I was amazed how God just motivated people to give to this cause, like for, for me to be able to go to Brazil, uh, to it was to tutor, you know, English and just to, you know, improve my Portuguese and stuff and have that experience. And for whatever reason, people donated like thousands of dollars to my like thousands of dollars to my cause. And I was just. Like, so what did man, I teach God. you about your faith? What did I tell you about your faith? That moment, just that moment right there. Um, it was like a time where God was clearly confirming that, yes, I, I'm with you in your planning. Like mm -hmm. you're not, this is not just, that's another thing that I learned about like being with God. Sometimes it's hard to know, like, am I going the right way? Sometimes you just make decisions. But at that time I understood about like going together in the same direction with God, something like that. Like, I don't know. So, so I just understood that God was with me because that, and that was important for me because my family wasn't that supportive. You know, my parents had never had a, one of their children or it, really people in our family to go that far away for that long. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I wanted to do it and the fact that everything was working out was a confirmation for me from the Holy Spirit. And that was the beginning of me understanding one of the beginnings of me understanding very clearly how God speaks about situations of our life. Mm -hmm. So, and then, and then it just hit me when I was on the plane because it, even when all the money was coming in and everything was making sense and I was buying the, my flight ticket and everything. But when I was on the plane and it just became so real to me that God is sending me on this trip, like, <laughs> and he's directing me to go. It was so, oh, great. I just remembered something. It was so, I just cried on the plane. I was so in awe. <sighs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's inspiring, you see. And we all have stories like that. All we need is time to, you know, just... Reflects a little bit, just a little bit, and then it brings out how great God is and how great He's been to us. So that when we say that it's been by the grace of God, even when people cannot understand what we are trying to say, we can point to them like, I, I didn't know at this point in my life, I'm telling you it was God who worked in my life. And this is how life went for me. This is how life went for me. It could have been any other way, but He chose to let it go this way. Here I am now. So when I say it's been by the grace of God, I'm not saying something intangible mm. or not tangible that I have no strong meaning to. I'm saying it with meaning. It's not just some scriptural verse. I'm putting it out there because everyone is saying, oh, it's the grace of God. No, I'm, I mean it. Like my life has been something yeah. that I can tell when I sit back and look back, I can tell that it could have been some other ways that would not have been glorious, but look at me now. And that is what it truly means. It's been by the grace of God. Yeah, everything. <laughs> I didn't get what you're saying at first, but it's making sense now. So, and when I got there, I have to say like, dang, man. <laughs> bring it out, bring it out, bring it out. <laughs> so, yeah. Much as I went there for Portuguese and to tutor English and whatever, and all that was amazing. And I and I also met amazing believers when I was there. I had an amazing time. I, I can't even explain how the how God was with me there. So like I just can't, yeah, I can't articulate. This is like the third time I'm saying that, right? This whole episode, I'm not, I'm struggling to express. But anyway, if there was nothing else from that trip. The most important thing God did for me on that trip, the most important thing is that he started me on a path to read the Bible cover to cover. Since I was uh, young, since I accepted Christ into my life, I always felt like as a Christian, I should, I should have read the Bible cover to cover by now. And I don't know why it was such an impossible task for me. It was something I always used to pray about. God, help me to read. Like, I'm, I want to read the whole Bible but I could never do it. And I don't know why. 
I don't fully know why, but at this particular time, God was calling me to read the Bible cover to cover. That is so important. That is so huge. Yes. And so it wasn't what I went there to do or thinking to do, but it just so happened. Like one of the first weeks I arrived there, I went with my host family to church. They were Christian, thank God. I went to church with them. They had bilingual, a bilingual English Portuguese Bible. I bought it. I started reading it. And that was the beginning of the journey. And from there, I read that entire Bible cover to cover. Not in, not all while I was in Brazil. I read a lot when I was in Brazil and I finished when I got home. And that was so important to me. So, so important to me. And since then, I've been reading and reading. I can't say I've read it all cover to cover <laughs> again. I'm actually in, a, in the middle of a Bible reading plan right now, which I'm making my way through so that I could say I've done it for the second time. But I've obviously read a ton, but it's not in any particular order. I don't know what I've read and what I haven't read, ex- except that I follow a plan. So yeah. I'm on a plan for the second time. But yes, that was a marked experience in my life. And the second most important thing that that did for me was freed me to follow God's will because once I understood how God was like worked that in that situation I also I just it taught me to seek for him to seek him in like my life decisions Mm -hmm. because I can't say to my recollection that I sought after God about like should I go to Nova for college and look (laughs) at me I'm like tens of thousands of dollars in debt and should I do this? Should I? But but those are some distinct, some of the first distinct moments I have was asking God about or sensing that and knowing that God was sending me to Brazil. And then the second, or not the second, but another big one, which that experience helped me to understand was coming to China, hmm. which obviously was also a very important experience in my life because like I met the husband that I believe God meant for me. And we're doing everything that we're doing right now. (laughs) And I'm growing and maturing still. And it's even better now because I have an amazing husband who, you know, we walk alongside one another in our faith journey. And I know God has things in store that we can't even, you know, imagine just like Jeremiah 29, 11, right? Or... I don't know if that's the exact scripture I was thinking in my head, but anyway, that's one of them. Plans to prosper you. I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you and to give you hope in the future. But mm-hmm. that's not the one. I was thinking the one you something you can't think, dream, imagine. Uh, or maybe it's a quote. First Corinthians two. What does that say? Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men. Maybe. What a lot. It's prepared for those who love him. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I got lost in my mind. But anyway. Yeah, like we can't fathom the things. I can't even fathom the things that God is going to do. But I just know that God is at work in my life. It's it's abundantly clear to me. I, I have an assurance that God is at work in my life. So I'm not perfect. But yeah. It's <laughs> inspiring. I like that. Was this your plan the whole time? <laughs> asking me those questions. We've talked about these things before. I know. But, you know, it's just... We've talked about these things before. I know he knows my life. I'm like, why are you asking me this question on this podcast right now? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's true. I, I wasn't really drawing out the, the things. You helped me to draw out some key things. Yeah. You know, I had a Muslim friend once in my, college, in my first year in the University of Ghana. My roommate was a Muslim. And it's one of the things he told me, or he said to me about ourselves as Christians. Uh, Christians like to say a lot of things without meaning. (laughs) 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 Mm. So it's always followed me. So I'm always trying to just go the extra mile, just to force myself to think within myself and first and foremost for myself, yeah, to be clear, to make sure that I'm really saying whatever I'm saying with meaning Mm -hmm. because it's easy to say, oh, it's just the grace of God. And that's true. That's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. People, we don't know the hearts of people, but as we are having a podcast like this, I think it's a good place to push ourselves to reflect a little bit more. (laughs) We enjoy what we are doing here now. It becomes beneficial to us and obviously for people who listen to us. Mm -hmm. So I always try to push, push myself to 
Okay, yeah, it's been by the grace of God. So why are you saying it's been by the grace of God? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I can tell you some stories about my life, da, 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 da. And that's why when I say it's been by the grace of God, I really mean it. But mm-hmm. anyway, so looking at your life now, your, your past life, your walk with God, from your home with your parents and your community and your present life now, what does that, what do they do to your faith now as a Christian looking forward? I think that's the next important question. Okay, yeah, you were brought up by wonderful Christian parents who led you in the right way. And then you have also gone through things in life. You've gone through stages in life with God. And then even presently what's happening now, putting all of that together and looking forward to the future, what do you think? What do you see? How do you feel as a Christian? I guess uh, I look forward, on a personal level, I look forward to more sanctification because I super trust in the Lord, but sometimes I even get discouraged at my own wretchedness. Like, <laughs> and, I, and I just, yeah, I really want to be more spiritually mature, experience more of the fullness of God, of the presence of God, of the Holy Spirit. Um, and then secondly, I want to raise up, you know, a quiver full of warriors <laughs> for God. Yeah, I want to really train them up well, you know, with with really the wisdom of God. Because I know how I was raised. We talked about good things. I didn't mention things that I would like to do better. But obviously, whenever we think about how our parents raised us, maybe not whenever, but I, I know a lot of people can relate to thinking that much as I really appreciate how my parents raised me, I want to do even better. Right. So I think about that. And then, of course, like everyone else too, right? Because the Bible says, love the Lord and love others as you love yourself. So I'm always thinking, how can I love others better? How can I minister to the Lord like to others? Um, So... Being in China, I felt a tad stuck, but I don't want to make excuse for myself because there are opportunities here for sure. But I just see more for myself in the future by the grace of God that I would grow in the ministry that I do unto him. Yes. I think right now I've been a little bit inward focused because I there are things in my life that I want to deal with spiritually. That, But yeah. I guess that's my answer. <laughs> Great. So we, we've been here for almost four years. Mm-hmm. And for these years, I have just been more or less, I've been in a state of consecration. Mm-hmm. It's almost as though God has had me here. And he, he just told me, just stay here and learn. Right. Let me teach you here. So... That's how my life has been for the past few years. Mm-hmm. And anytime God encamps someone or a group like that, then, then it means that an advancement is also going to follow because just like in military, we even see you encamp and you train, he's, you, you're taught, so he's teaching you things. He's humbling you basically and making you detached from a lot of things and also mm. clothing you with a lot of things. That's how my walk for the past four years has been. Mm-hmm. And it's not been all that smooth, but I've really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. The idea that God, you know, has had me here away from everything I ever knew. This is yeah. a, an entirely new place to me. I had to learn how to learn humility, learn to um, enjoy being served by others mm-hmm. and all of yeah. that just that pride so i didn't know i had all those pride in me like the, the pride of always wanting to be the one to serve people and never letting people serve you it's like oh okay so i have to learn to say thank you to people <laughs> learn to appreciate people and be intentional about my relationship with them and how they are impacting me and how God is using them. So I've been more or less in an 
I've been in an observatory position, just observing things and observing the things God has been doing in my life. And I think above all, it's been a pursuit of holiness for mm. me. It's been pursuing holiness. And I've had a lot of anguish in me during this whole period. And I believe it's not for nothing. He's getting me and us ready for something. And it so happened that in this period is when I met my wife. That's how beautiful it is. So what that teaches me is that when we abide with God, when we are with him, certain things happen that we can only attribute to his doing. Mm -hmm. And that to me is more or less like what the rest of God means, just entering into the rest of God. So um, I'm at a point in my life where one of my prayers has been that God, I pray God uses me or mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm here for. <laughs> so I just pray that he favors me and uses me for anything he wants to use me for. Mm -hmm. uh, I really don't enjoy life. Oh, I wouldn't enjoy life without that. There's so much fulfillment in that. So I just pray that in the next phase of our lives, um, whether it's to continue teaching me or it is to, now use me as a tool or as a vessel in his hand. After all these years, I'm, I'm ready for that too. I'm just okay being with him. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I've enjoyed him so much here in China. Mm. And I've been humbled so much in so many ways. Like, yeah, I've, I've, come, to be, I've come to fear pride in a certain way. Like, I'm afraid of my own pride. And I am always seeking to run out of my own personal pride. Things that will make me beat my chest. I'm scared of those things. I, I want to keep being in this position where he's constantly pointing out certain things that make me puff my heart, whether before him or before other men. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, hearing you say that, I realized that we're probably on the same route and on the same page, which would make sense because we're married and we're going to be taking, you know, the journey together. But um, even though in, in different terms, I don't know, I'm, it's not exactly maybe the same, but because I also had a feeling and, an, I don't know, an inkling from God. I don't know. I don't want to say God said exactly, but I feel like it was. I feel I felt at one point that God told me just abide. That was the word that I felt that I received. And sometimes I even forget that I heard that because I'm so stubborn. It's like, okay, yeah, God, abide, but like I'm still trying to do stuff <laughs> like <laughs> and it's like I feel like kind of guilty when I think of the burden that I have to like minister to people I guess I don't know exactly I just feel this thing like I always want to tell people about God and try to help them to see God rightly and for who he is that they would have a real relationship with him and how can I serve people and be a light to people which is really important but like I said I find myself in this in like a little bit of an inward season and yeah that's been a little bit hard for me but that but if I think of the fact that that's where I feel God put me then that can put me a little bit at ease to know that when we get home maybe things are going to be different he's going to put us propel us into a different season where he's going to use us more mm. but um yeah so I also kind of feel like I've been like maybe in the consecrations, kind of maturing. I don't know if I can give myself any credit, but <laughs> I don't know if I've really matured or give, yeah, but, or how much I've matured. I know that I've matured, actually, let me take that back. But anyway, <laughs> hopefully, yeah, hopefully the Lord will use us. I, I, feel, I feel the same. Yeah. My life will be a waste if God doesn't use me to the full. I want to do every good work that he's prepared beforehand to me to do. I don't want to miss out on anything he wants to use my life for, mm -hmm. even though it scares me to say that, but it's, that is how I feel. 
it scares me because I don't know what the future holds, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have no doubt that he is going to use me and us for things. And he's been preparing us. He's been preparing me. I'm very conscious of that. Yeah. So I, it's exciting to just be with him. The, the, the joy of having him is everything, really. It's not about going out to a mission field. They are good. And when it's time to do that, he will make us do it. Mm-hmm. But the joy of just being with him, even in doing those things, the joy of just having him by your side is what makes all the difference for me. And I'm glad that at this point, um, I'm 28 now, so since five years ago, I had that encounter and he, he moved me into that in that direction to just see the joy and the, the, the opportunity to just learn to enjoy God First and foremost, as a Christian, just understanding that walk and enjoying him and being content with him. I, I, I thank him that he gave me that first before, you know, the joy of maybe <laughs> ministry. <laughs> That's nice too, but I just pray and I just hope that young people like you and I would have a sense of what it means to just have nothing but him first and just have joy in having him. And nothing else before anything else. Yeah, it makes a big difference. It makes a really big difference. And I think it's a gift that he gives he gives um his sons and daughters. And I'm glad we have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even how we, we got married and everything, they really speak to me. I'm mm-hmm. at I'm at a point in my life where I I, I don't have anything to boast about. <laughs> and he's giving me all these things. He's giving me a wife. Um I'm far away here in China. Like I have nothing to boast about. All I can do is just thank him. And that state really makes a difference. Like I have nothing to boast about. It's just <laughs> clear. Like all you can do is just thank him. And learning the art of thanksgiving and staying in the joy of God and having nothing else to do but just thank him is bliss. I can tell you. It's something I didn't have. All right. Well, it's been another episode of Called to Marriage. It's been quite the episode. I didn't know what it was going to be. It's probably really long this time, but (laughs) 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 I hope hope it's been an encouragement to whoever's listening. And until the next time. We love you.